0: Welcome to The Gaggle, where we talk politics in Arizona and beyond. I'm Michael Squires, the government and politics editor at AZ Central and the Arizona Republic. And joining me this
1: week are... Mary Jo Pitzel. I cover the state legislature and state government.
2: Ron Hanson. I cover the congressional delegation. Dan Nowicki. I'm the national political reporter.
1: Yvonne
3: Winget Sanchez. I cover the governor's office and state politics.
0: So this week, we look at the Arizona delegation and its continued headaches having to answer questions about the Trump White House. But first, we begin with the ending of the Arizona legislature's session for 2017. Mary Jo, how did it all draw to a close?
1: It all came to a very um, undramatic end um, last Wednesday at 7 p.m. Yeah, after 122 days of work in the legislature. The final bills were um, more tax credits. You cannot have a legislative session in the last two decades without tax cuts. Um, And then a bill to extend welfare benefits for needy families, the much controversial uh, TANF program, which passed.
0: So the, the TANF thing is probably the most fought over $2.5 million in the history of the state of Arizona. <laughs> Am I mischaracterizing?
1: <laughs> no, that's a great way to put it because it's a r- rather small sum of money. Um, but ever since Arizona went down to one year of cash benefits for low-income families raising kids, um, there's been a hue and cry. Let's put it back to the two years. I mean, my goodness, you know, advocates say years ago it used to be five years of benefits. We're down to one year. Um, I think the governor heard a lot of the criticism of that, came out in January and proposed that we go back, that we go to two years. But there's more restrictions, and then as the bill moved through the legislature, further restrictions were put on by conservatives in the republic who don't in the uh, Republican caucus who generally don't like the idea of welfare. Meanwhile, the Democrats are saying, just put it back to two years. So it became a bit of a hot potato, especially in the university bonding negotiations. What
0: are the restrictions that are now in place, or or with the new with the new passage, with, with yeah.
1: the new law? It will be if you are in your first year of getting benefits, you can mess up basically once and then you lose it's a two strikes program so by the time you mess up once you can fix it which means you don't make a job appointment or your kid doesn't get to school um, on time misses a day of school the second time you mess up you're cut off of the program Um, so if
0: your child's absent from
1: school there are there are exceptions. Unexcused, I guess. Correct. There are ways to try to remedy that, but yes. Um, so they they've tightened the requirements in the first year, and that will limit how many people can then proceed on to a second year of benefits.
0: So uh, Yvonne, you guys looked at some of the things that were left undone. Of course, the legislature can't solve everyone's problems all at once, right? You sound a lot like them. Par- <laughs> you have to parse. <laughs> I'm channeling them. Uh, But some big pieces of business, really, that that are still hanging out there that they'll deal with maybe next year, who knows, years to come.
3: What are those? There was a lot of talk um, on the education front this year, and some of the biggest things that they did not address is uh, Proposition 301, which is going to expire in several years. This helps fund education, and uh, education groups and business groups are really advocating for the governor to come out and um, uh, support some version of a prop 301 extension that would ensure uh, you know education funding doesn't fall off a cliff in in several years they did nothing to address that although the governor in a really weird way about midway through the session uh, signaled that he does indeed finally support uh, extending and potentially expanding prop 301 but he essentially ended the discussions in there. a
0: weird way what did he f- unfurl a banner from his ninth floor office. <laughs> no, or, I, mean, like, I wish he would have done that. Kind of, <laughs> like he put it on a flaming arrow and shot it out into the, <laughs> <laughs> out into the mall.
3: No, they dropped a, uh, a a story in the Capital Times, which is subscription-based on a Friday afternoon, and it took Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, finally, with the threat of their non-response becoming the story for them to actually go on the record and address these the quotes and, and, the, and the paraphrased comments in the story that said, yes, he would indeed uh, be willing to support a, a modern version of Prop 301. But it didn't go anywhere this session.
1: I'd say another thing that was unaddressed, um, although House Speaker J.D. Mesnard tried to bring it up at the very last minute, uh, recognizing well, recognizing that the legislature says they're tired of being blamed for poor teacher pay. So the Speaker came up with a proposal to require that half of the mandated inflation money that goes to schools every year must go to cost of living increases for teachers. But it was, you know, too, too late in the session for that to be introduced. But it was a way, he says, I'm going to be working on this. We'll come back on it next year. And it um, addresses their frustration. And it also underscores how there's still, there remains a big consternation that teachers are getting a 1% raise um, per year over the next two years where um, advocates were pushing for 4%. This will keep the focus on teachers.
2: Well, and let's not forget there was also litigation. As it seems like always there's litigation uh, hanging over our heads or about to be hanging over our heads as Mary a state. Mary Jo always says first comes the legislation, then comes the litigation.
1: No, it's it's legislate, litigate, and then maybe mitigate.
0: And then, <laughs> and then maybe incarcerate.
2: <laughs> or vacate, as may be the case.
1: <laughs> But, or Watergate.
2: <laughs> ouch. <laughs> Segway to Washington. But no as far as the litigation concerns, Arizona has known that it's been on notice that there's uh, a lawsuit likely in the school, against uh, the state for underfunding the school facilities board. Uh, well, now here it is. And this is a lawsuit that could be worth 2 billion dollars. For a state that has really kind of struggled and pinched pennies over programs that cost in the millions of dollars. Now there's a whole new funding need that um, has been uh, judged against the state's interest 20 years ago. And here we are repeating this kind of problem again. And it's not the only one. We also have. The uh, stadium, um, the the Cactus League funding mechanism that was done through the rental car surcharge a few years ago, there's been a judgment against them uh, on that. This is something that would be on the order of about $150 million. And this is something that is still unresolved in the courts. And it does not look like it's on favorable terms for the state. And that can create a, a funding hole that Again, lawmakers will probably have to take up at some point in the future.
1: Don't forget, we also have a lawsuit. It's about two years old on uh, foster care in Arizona. That's moving very slowly through the federal courts. And then just to complete this, um, literally the day after no, the ledges. Just
0: for a second, the, the foster care one is basically saying, is foster care here adequate? It is it is safe? Saying it is-, is it caring? Put the needs of the child first.
1: It's saying it's woefully inadequate and the state needs to incredibly boost its resources. There's no dollar amount on it, but they need to do a lot more to help these children who are disadvantaged from the get-go. And then to put a bow on all the litigation, the day after the legislature went away, we got a lawsuit over one of the strict compliance uh, measures on state initiatives. Uh, This one was filed by... um, a a bipartisan group, but basically on behalf of some people who have been involved in initiatives saying that strict compliance is unconstitutional, and that will be for our courts.
0: So let's shift to Washington. Uh, A lot of the conversation uh, or news of the last few days has been about the Trump White House. Uh, First came the firing of FBI Director James Comey. Uh, Now there have been uh, stories by, uh, you know, many outlets: Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Washington Post, saying that President Trump, when he had the meeting the day after the Comey firing, uh, with a couple of representatives from Russia, the ambassador, and I can't uh, remember the other. There you go, foreign minister that he disclosed some classified information. Um, Arizona delegation members have, of course, been asked uh, about uh, the Comey firing and some of these other things. You know, McCain's a favorite.
4: What are they saying, Dan? Well, uh, Jeff Flake, I know he was cornered by some uh, reporters in the halls of the Senate, and uh, he's basically just pleading for a week of no drama and (laughs) no excitement, no crisis. Uh, I think he realizes he's not going to get that for the next four years, probably. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so once again, the Republicans are on the spot. They have to react to something that Trump did. Uh, Senator McCain, obviously, the, the issue of the uh, uh, disclosing the uh, intelligence to the Russians, of all people, that's something that's going to be on his radar screen. Obviously, he's one of the least liked senators by by the Russians. He's... Proudly recalls how he got he was officially sanctioned by vladimir putin so that's going to be something that uh he's going to pay close attention to he's so well, far he's really only called it deeply disturbing well, t- t- tell the
0: story about your conversation with him and I, w- I hope it was on the record about whether or not he he feels threatened by i mean he's he has been threatened by the russians
4: oh yeah no i've, I've asked him that a couple different occasions and also the north koreans um and he's told me he doesn't feel like he's any 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 physical danger. Uh, North Koreans also kind of went ballistic <laughs> a few, several weeks ago Ooh. when he when he mentioned the uh, when he went mentioned the he called the the uh, Kim Jong Un the uh, crazy fat kid. And I asked him about the North Koreans at that time, and he didn't think he said he wasn't worried about it. Uh, you know, obviously uh, he assassinated his own brother. He's <laughs> probably right. nothing is beyond him. So. Anyway, sorry uh, to take you on that detour. Right, yeah. Dance. So uh, Detour Dan. Right, but uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, back to a business. Um, but yeah, so basically they're on the spot. They can't, like, uh, get away from it. And I think they're kind of resigned to this uh, new new normal on Capitol Hill. It's kind of interesting. Uh, people last year, interesting observation is, you know, Senator McCain was running for re-election, and he was always under pressure to, you know, denounce Trump, stand up to Trump Trump. Uh, you know, re- rescind his endorsement, which he finally did, uh, whereas Jeff Flake, who was not running for re-election, was, uh, you know, on the Sunday shows, uh, never did endorse Trump, uh, no, didn't vote for him, and now those kind of roles are, are reversed where I mean, McCain's getting some kudos for standing up to Trump, and, and, and Flake, who's now running for re-election, is under pressure to do more to, uh, you know, to, to uh, denounce him on some of these issues. Of course, this has really energized the left They're You know, oh, what rich
0: irony. It's about, you know, classified information, Hillary in her server, you know, all that kind of uh, storyline. But do do you see it having an impact? Is Trump's support waning at all with the Republicans in the delegation that you can see? Uh, it Ryan? doesn't seem
4: like anything's changed. We'll see how the story develops. But, you know, that's, that's one of the things with Trump. It's like every week there's some big issue that's bigger than the one before. So... You know, already the the FBI director has been kind of the, the firing of Comey has been kind of forgotten. It's kind of been shoved off the front pages, at least you know for the time being. Uh,
0: Ron, I know you talked to well as many of the members of the delegation as would talk following the Comey
2: firing. W- what did they say immediately after that? Not a lot. In many cases, uh, there are members like Trent Franks, uh, Paul Gosar, who really didn't want to say anything. And days passed for some who did weigh in, uh, you know, with whatever their comments turned out to be. Uh, It fell along predictable partisan lines. Uh, This is something that we've seen for, you know, the entirety of the Trump administration so far, that it's the usual side-taking. Democrats oppose what uh, the latest uh, guffaw may be from the White House, and and Republicans either uh, fall into line or say nothing. And in this case, you had responses from folks like Andy Biggs, for example, saying that he thought that firing Comey was appropriate, uh, given the the circumstances. You had others who said nothing on the Republican side. There was one who uh, sort of crossed the usual divide, and that was Martha McSally, saying that she was troubled by what was um, uh, happening with the way that the whole thing went down. And there were others on the Democratic side who were calling for investigations, whether it was Kirsten Cinema or Raúl uh clearly indicating that they are troubled by this. But again, they're not in a position to force the issue in any meaningful way. Dan, how do you see it playing out? I mean, if if it seems to be a huge distraction
0: from the agenda. I mean, for a while, for like a week there, they were pretty focused on repealing Obamacare, getting their own bill in place. But this drumbeat of other conversations, it, you can't seem but help but pull away from, you know, sticking to that agenda. I know they wanted to do tax reform.
4: I mean, it really does seem to diminish the president's bandwidth. And <laughs> when you when you're constantly having to deal with distractions and and putting out fires and uh, trying to settle down the chaos, uh, there's not a lot of time to to get your agenda through through Congress. So that is something that's going to take a toll on the president's agenda. I, I think.
0: I think, yeah, I, I think part of the argument has been that, uh, hey, you know, like Trump may not be have been my first choice. I'm coming from the Republicans. I'm, I'm channeling them right now. But, you know, he we, we have both houses of Congress. We we have some things we've not been able to do when Obama was there. And so now we've got our shot so I can tolerate, you know, the weird tweets and, and whatever else. But
4: well, I think uh, if, if you're a Republican lawmaker, you, know, you you have to remember that you probably are elected by Republicans, that's kind of your base. You wanna try to get as much done for them as you can. And so you're gonna try to do that maybe in spite of the you know, the the constant explosions coming from down Pennsylvania Avenue.
3: Well and it will be interesting to see um what his first trip abroad looks like and whether or not that's a good maybe cooling off period for for him, maybe to go kind of change the narrative or make it worse, perhaps?
4: I don't know. It's kind of <laughs> like the bull in the china shop with uh, Donald Trump going to the uh, Middle East. We had hoped to
0: have more time to talk about rural road funding, but uh, <laughs> the, the, the clock is telling laugh, me as, otherwise... Oh you can st- tell the story Yvonne Charlie oh, uh, no, you, you
3: ask about unfinished business potholes. I, this is my only plug for the rurals <laughs> out there who think the great state of Maricopa county dictates all <laughs> transportation needs are a very big deal <laughs> for rural lawmakers and they are hoping they can come back next year and get more more of those uh, her funds or roadway funds transportation funds to yes help fill those Potholes, widen roads, build roads, construct roads. And so that will be uh, one of those
1: unfinished things that we shall come back and you will roll your eyes as you edit the stories. I am not rolling my eyes. (laughs) You know, Michael Squires, when you get stuck on I-17, coming back from your retreat up in Flagstaff, because it's only two lanes, you'll get on board with this. I will
0: be on board. It sounds like I will be, actually.
1: And if you're the governor and you have a cabin
3: or a second home in Flagstaff (laughs) and you're perhaps coming home, you might be sitting there in traffic thinking about roadway funds.
0: Well, I think there was a lot of sitting in traffic on Sunday night with the crash. And on that happy note, we will (laughs) end the gaggle. Uh, Thanks to our producer, Kayla White, and thank you for listening. Please subscribe and rate the gaggle on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and or Google Play.